0: tortoise with a foot fetish i mean that's just gross That's going on. little life out here
1: <laughs> what the hell's going on out here it's a lot of fun keep it fun just a window into our pre-production talk daryl um <laughs> i like turtles um so remember that guy the zombie guy Oh, yeah. Do you know what annoys me most about that zombie footage? Do you know the one where like, he goes, Hey, Jimmy, or whatever his name is. like, What are you dressed as? And he goes, I like turtles. And she goes, oh, okay. And she moves away. Quite clearly didn't have kids. Kids say that stuff all the time. And you go, oh, ah, do you? That's oh, but you're quite rational. In... You're going,
0: yeah. I'm following your train of thought there, buddy.
1: Yeah, you easy need to swing that around. He likes turtles. That's, that's a relevant piece yeah. of information, if he's whatever age he was, four or five. You know um, what really
0: grinds my gears, though? It's when people mistake turtles for tortoises and they mm. just completely get it all wrong
1: yes yeah. how life impacting right yeah it really is it ruins, my day. <laughs> ruins a, my day it's one of those things where I, I just like...
0: saved i just saved the turtle today i put it back in the water and you're going it's a tortoise
1: it's a tortoise even the You've tortoise is like come on yeah come on mate. oh come on mate. um so look there's uh, news of plenty out there right actually i have to address <laughs> We didn't get the podcast done last week because we were awash uh, with other stuff and I was going to get on and do one and then I did. That's a probably, uh, honestly, about the fourth time in five years, maybe, that we haven't delivered, you know, like the Royal uh, royal uh, Post, you know, don't deliver. Uh, so, yeah, it's once what? No, on. no Here, look, we've go missed on. nothing. Nothing. Do you know how
0: many? I'm looking on packersnews.com oh, just on. For, uh, for gigs. Right. Um, there's nine stories about Aaron Rodgers being on Jeopardy.
1: So there's more stories about him being on Jeopardy than there is episodes of him on Jeopardy. Yes. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Also, another yeah. notable headline, and I believe this one is from Packers Wire. What will Packers do with 29th pick?
1: <gasps> yeah, well, I mean, all of those predictions are going to be absolutely spot on, I would imagine. Yeah. Spot on. So... But that's the thing You know these people Like look This is my personal preference I do not speak on behalf Of UK Packers UK Packers HQ and I say this But your mock draft I don't care Like I don't yeah. I don't Hey lads What do you I Don't care It's all fantasy You know what I mean It's like yeah. It's so fantastical Oh I see you've got The gummy bears in there too Great Yeah it's just Like any player that you Because you know what It's like So what, the first question I say to people is Is that, okay So You're assuming that every pick you've made for every other team then is correct. And they go, oh, yeah, well, there's a simulator. And they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, ah. But I did a video there. Um, It's on our YouTube channel, youtube.com. And um, it just goes into, like, how successful the draft predictions are and absolutely abysmal.
0: I am going to put the names into a hat and get the baby to pick them out and then put that up. Yeah, but they, what What do you think of the baby's draft picks?
1: They did that, though, didn't they? They had Draft Cat or something, and they yeah, got the cat to, like, cat. drink from...
0: Well, I'm surprised the cat even bothered to do what it was told because cats, they don't care about what you think. No, no.
1: They're not don't.
0: interested in doing what you want.
1: No. At Daryl J O'Brien on Twitter. What's the follower count? You keep them tabbed. Do you refresh it often? 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 Yeah. And go back and Yeah, know?
0: I mean, I think I was at 112
1: mm-hmm. last count. See, people, we say it all the time. I think they've become desensitized. So what I would say is, is pause the podcast, go over to Daryl's Twitter account. Give him yeah. a follow. Who's relatively new here? All right. One thing I did see on the Twitter uh, universe was Lane Taylor has gone to the oh, yeah. Texans. Yeah, so um, good dude. I very fond of him. Uh, the stuff he had to step in under hard circumstances. Um, you know, there wasn't an awful lot sort of expected of him. He delivered over and above. Got injured, lost his place. Came back in again, gained his place. Got injured, lost his place. I mean, it's just. It's a really grisly story. It reminds me of his, you know, J C Tretter days, um, of the injuries he's in, he's out, he's a great player, goes on to be a great player, and I've no doubt as long as he um and I don't mean this I'm like oh he's perpetually injured. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, um he's gonna be a fantastic player. The guy his his stats were monster, you know, and it was just unfortunate for him. No, they've um, they've got a good one. They've got a
0: one. Yeah. I mean uh, it, what do you call a what do you call a girl standing between two houses? Go on. Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call a girl standing in the middle of a tennis court uh, Annette
1: Annette ah! <laughs> I'm sorry, sure we can come up with another one um, no I can't off the spot no. we're good with wordplay but come here We were. Uh, Peter is busy ferreting away at the draft dock, which is a monster like it was last year and again I'll remind you it's absolutely free so against the tagline of other drafts where it's the only draft guide made by Packer fans for, for Packer fans that's incorrect because uh, we do a draft guide here and we pump that stuff out for free so I'm going to do a bit of artwork for it hopefully um, and also um, you know write this very small minimal amount
0: yeah and, and just and just to, to say it um, for a public record I wish I had something to do with it but all I'm really going to be able to say is well done Pete yeah that looks great
1: great job and just see well how many done, pages are in it and go wow it's a great yeah. effort um. That's yeah so effort. we are not the college gurus I'm not really into college football but we have a fascinating podcast I think I've spent the last number of days week uh, going through this guy's material we're going to talk about who's seen a, and I, I hate phrasing like this because I think I think we're better than the narrative that just is spinned out yeah. all the time but we're going to talk about a guy called Tony Mandarich uh, which look an awful lot of listeners might know about um, so we're I don't know or if... a lot of them
0: or a lot of them may not have been born sick mm. kids so we're going yeah. to educate you today. It's a little bit of history.
1: What have got away? What are the for those pesky kids? Uh, a really weird line uh, to come out of Scooby Doo. Um, and if you find yourself as a grown man saying that about children, you need to take a hard look at yourself. But let's talk. There's about an t- awful lot
0: of very strange lines in Scooby Doo. Let's face it; they were baked all the time. It was the seventies. Yeah, Scooby Snacks. What up, Scooby?
1: <laughs> come on, give us your uh, what's your best um, Shaggy impression? What you mean, the rapper? Jamaican rapper, or? no, uh, it wasn't me. Um, so go back to and what about <laughs> the like,
0: I can't, I can't do, I can't do Shaggy, I can do Scooby. I don't know, Scoob, yeah, but uh, do you know what? Deal, uh, do you know what the guy really, really hated? I don't think anyone liked him. Scrappy, do did Scrappy-Doo? anyone have any yeah. time for Scrappy? I don't think anyone had any time for him,
1: yeah, I don't think so. Upstart, um, didn't like him but yeah, I mean, Scooby, yeah, as you said, just baked all the time. Um, and who liked Fred? Let's be honest, I mean, you yeah. know, anyway. Daphne liked Fred T- bit too much
0: bit too much bit too much Definitely. um the we're gonna talk minx
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh as cartoons go so we're gonna talk about um well we started the show with some sort of turtle fetish foot fetish bestiality so i mean it's just all downhill from here tony at yeah. style a pretty fascinating character he says himself um that he'll always be associated with steroids um with being a bust and all of this type of stuff but From what we've looked into about Tony Mandarich and what he subsequently came out in, you know, plenty of interviews and his book and said he was battling an awful lot more than just the public image, than just the sort of, you know, the use of steroids and everything else. When really steroids, for some reason, have become the main story, you know, and all of this coverage of them. But that's really not as prevalent in his story for me anyway. Um, for Tony Manders but th- do you want to give the listeners i guess who don't know who Tony Manders was just a quick rundown to like why are we talking about him in the first place yeah
0: yeah well i think you know it's it's pretty prevalent now coming towards the draft and this is basically where he came in uh, to step back even further from this he's a man born at a time if you were to look at the likes of Conor McGregor these guys that build themselves up and do an awful lot of this self-promotion this is what he was doing but he was doing it way ahead of his time back in in the late 80s 87 Hmm. and we're talking specifically here about the 1989 draft so he was an offensive tackle he was born in 1966, so it makes him currently 54. So when you look at it now, he was selected second overall by the Packers in the 1989 draft. Uh, and This is where the hype came in. You know, this, this kid came from Canada, ends up playing for Michigan, um, did his college career in Michigan State. Uh, during the, as part of the build-up to the draft, he was called the best offensive line prospect ever.
1: Yeah you know, on Sports Illustrated fifth,
0: yeah. yeah Sports Illustrated and if you look at when you look at who he was selected with and I suppose this is where people call him the biggest you know bomb and the worst uh, draft ever because if you look at who he was selected with selected top five of his draft class and this is a long and wait to hear this is a who's who like for the listeners it's Troy Aikman Barry Sanders Derek Thomas and Deion Sanders all Hall of Famers mm. and he is the only odd one out um, so the reason why we're talking about him obviously is because he was signed by the Packers he spent four seasons with Green Bay um, and afterwards, of course, he came back uh, many years later after, you know, he, he blew up with the Packers and he ended up paying 16 games for the Colts. So he was, um, you know, again, this is a guy, when we we'll get into his story in a minute, this is a guy that they built him up to be the best offensive line prospect ever because he was that good. Yeah. You know, he played in the 1988 Rose Bowl. He was named first team All-American. He won the Outland Award. He won two-time Big Ten Lineman of the Year. Um, Sports Illustrated in 1989 called him the incredible bulk. But if i mean when you look at the attributes of this guy and and, and even nowadays if you line this guy up against other players and i and you're going i know you're going to go heavily into the the steroid use here yeah, but if you look at his attributes, he was six foot six, he weighed three hundred and thirty pounds, he ran the forty yard dash in four point six five seconds <laughs> ridiculous. um he's he did a long jump of ten foot three he leaped vertically thirty inches bench pressed two hundred and twenty five pounds. 39 times yeah um but i just want to take a, a step out here if people are thinking that that is the attributes it takes to be one of the greatest offensive tackles wait here like y- you know the test when you wanted to join the mythical band of the nafina back in irish history fionn mccool's mm. mythical band yeah the things you had to do then Work you had on. to jump a branch as tall as yourself
1: easy for us, you to, go on. <laughs>
0: you to, yeah fair enough you had to run under a stick placed at the height of your knees you You had to pick a thorn out of your foot as you ran at top speed still not quite sure how you did that you had to run through a forest without breaking one single twig under your foot or tearing your clothes or catching your hair in a bush adjudicate that yeah i mean try that one you had to learn the 12 books of poetry off by heart which were quite long apparently you had to stand in a hole up to your waist and defend against nine warriors using a shield and a hazel stick i, I assume if one. you
1: lose that test you're dead so they just probably just cover over the hole just be like yeah, probably yeah, yeah, it's I mean, I just, just cover it over it's fine
0: come back and fight me uh, and uh, and then of course you had to take no dowry with a wife amazing oh well. uh i definitely did that i didn't get a dowry when i got married do you no. get a dowry you're gonna, you gonna get a dowry you're gonna negotiate that
1: one um i don't think the dowry is coming um i'm not gonna hold out for it anyway um or I'll be standing in a hole Um getting attacked by many, many warriors by with their nine, with nine s- warriors. Nine yeah. warriors with so, their swords you know, in their hands. So anyway, yeah. back to
0: Tony. Look at the size of him. And if you if you wanna if you wanna like if you even see pictures of him back then, mm. um he's an absolute animal. Yeah. You know, and but if you look at the, he was such an abrasive character, and back to the Conor McGregor type of way of going on, he really did market himself. I mean he challenged Mike Tyson to a fight. Now We wouldn't be talking about him at all, I think. Yeah. He wouldn't be talking about him at all if he did actually go through with that fight. I have a feeling Mike would have made mincemeat out of him. It's funny,
1: though. There's a lot to talk about. Like, there's a lot to digest with this guy. But one of the narratives that I hate is that the Packers somehow made a boo-boo, you know, that they drafted him and they're like, oh, God, you're so silly. Now, what I would say is, is I I have a theory behind the whole like, oh, well, you look at him and you know he's on steroids. Everyone asked him, was he on steroids? He was on Letterman, um, where he talks about that Mike Tyson fight. He comes out and asks him, which I'm pretty sure he would have ran by his agent. I have to ask you, is this all natural? And I love the way he kind of, um, in later interviews, he goes, oh, well, you'll notice that any time I was asked, did I take steroids? I'm like, I'm not on steroids uh, now. And You know, he's like, oh, well, you don't have to read between. You just have to be dumb not to know. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of like, that's not what he said on Letterman, though, because he says, are you on steroids? And he said, no, no, I'm not. So like, the thing is, is that, he, or have you ever used steroids? And he was like, no. So look, the thing is, is could you look at him and tell he's on steroids? Well, he was, he was, the guy was a freak. Um, mm-hmm. And as well as that, it was a foregone conclusion that he was uh, potentially... Well, certainly in college, he was the best offensive lineman. But like you say, he to sort of pulled it back a little bit. This was a very calculated uh, individual. Um, so he's sort of seen as this big, arrogant, cocky meathead. But that kind of comes in by his own admission because he was on steroids and they changed his personality. He often says mm-hmm. in a lot of his interviews, like... You know, steroids worked. I don't regret taking them. I took them. I got stronger. Uh, I got faster. I got better. Uh, you know, I take them again in the morning. I don't regret any of that because they've led him to be who he is. I mean, the guy still earned millions of dollars. Hmm. Looking back on it, he says that, you know, his stint in Green Bay is a mistake. Um, was he a bust? He said, yes, I I was a bust. But it's not because. So the, the theory is, is that he was on roids. And then uh, because the testing was rubbish in the NCAA, and um, and what he did was he got a dog toy and he filled it with clean urine I won't ask where he got it from um, and he got a tube and he put a Bubblicious in the bottom of it how the strawberry flavor didn't come through in the urine well I doubt the testers tasted it <laughs> uh, but then uh, sort of oh, strawberry flavor uh, so uh, <laughs> watch out for the liquid do you remember bubble Bubblicious? Uh, <laughs> oh, Bubblicious watch out for the liquid you know uh, so yeah how they got away with it how I don't know they yeah, who that? knows um, it's like those milk ads you know um, you got <gasps> milk and uh, but anyway we're getting way off um, so <laughs> with, with him so that's how he passed the test he says he was tested five times and that was like all testing you know individual bodies and the uh, college authorities and everything else so he said when he went to the NFL he knew they were going to test more stringent. you know they were more sophisticated with their testing uh, because there was an awful lot more at stake with money and everything else so he said he was going to go off steroids but he said that with steroids he would cycle on and off he was using a ton of them he was using like horse steroids to make racehorses faster for God's sake so you know the guy the only thing he didn't grow was a mane you know like if you look at his hair atrocious well he
0: lost all that yeah,
1: yeah he lost all he that he lost his main terrible man. and I love the way in some of these videos as well they're like oh yeah and it was even a telltale sign that when he went off the roys, he lost his hair look at the Letterman interview he doesn't have any hair it's all just this rat tail coming down the back but anyway um, so yeah look he went off stairs but by his own admission he says he doesn't regret it but when he did go off them, he lost his strength over mm. a period of weeks at about mm. 20% so he yeah, said that he, he was still m- pounds Yeah, but he was saying, though, that he was still a monster off the roads. The problem was, is that when he went off steroids, he took up painkillers. And within a week, he was heavily addicted where he was taking them intravenously. So, you know, this is a guy who was off his mind. He said that he never spent a sober day in Green Bay. So he calls it half in the bag. So it's nothing to do. It's obviously going to impact it because, you know, steroid rage is a common symptom, uh, if not you know you're nearly going to get that 100% along with other things and that's he blames that steroid thing for being such a hard ass like when he was in the Rose Bowl and they flicked a coin you know he punched the opposite player in the chest as hard as he could and said you're going to die today you know like he was just an arrogant so and so and that was all driven by that steroid thing he held out when he went to Green Bay and he's turned around and said to them, like you know, I'm Tony Mandler, which I'm not like other players. You know, they're going to have to get used to it and be happy with it because that's just who I am. He was, and he called Green Bay a village. He said he yeah. didn't want to be there. Letterman asked him, you know what do you think? And he was like, oh, well, you know, I don't really want to play in Green Bay, to be honest. It wouldn't be my first choice. So he was just making, he says he looks back at it and gets embarrassed now, but it wasn't uh, him going off the steroids. I would agree that would give him less of an edge, but strength-wise, he should have been still able to hold up and proof for that, there was like you said at the start, and I will stop talking in a second. Uh, He went to the Indianapolis Colts, Stone Cold Sober, uh, he'd been in rehab and everything else and he was still a very serviceable player um, so he could still make it at the NFL level now you rewind he went to the Colts in 96 he was drafted in 89 so you take mm. you know that 6-7 years off his age and he's not an old man lineman anymore he's a young lad in his prime um, but number one he was seen as an absolute dominant player nobody could beat this guy and number two he went off the steroids and onto painkillers which doubly compounded you know his lack of body mass and his his sobriety I mean the guy was high off his face um, mm. by his own admission a the time he used to put the syringe in his jock strap um, yeah. at training because i would go in and do a shot at half time at break and then come back out and he was up against you know some really good defensive linemen when he was doing uh, pass pro drills so it was a mixture of all of this is why he became a bust it's not that he wasn't capable for the NFL he literally what he, what the Packers drafted was not what they ended up getting because off the roids on the painkillers on alcohol and he was just a pretty much of a mess of a human being at that stage.
0: Yeah, well, he's, he's a fast and I, 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 I entreat anyone who hasn't looked into this to look into it because just outside of sport alone, regardless of being an NFL fan, this is just a fascinating story. Yeah. And you've seen them, especially sports lore. You know, and I'm talking, you know, I'm talking Lance Armstrong here uh, outside in our own line of work. I'm looking at Nick Leeson. I'm looking at these people that are basically two people uh they're very split very easy to split into this they're the people that are they are you know when they were doing this and then the people who came out the end um if you look at say tony manderich he's fascinating in the sense of he had all this raw talent and the reason why you can definitely see he had this talent is regardless of his college career but i mean he nick saban was the man that found this guy and nick saban is probably the most celebrated college coach of all time now he wasn't on the roids well from what we understand he wasn't really on the steroids when Nick found this guy and saw this, that this guy, he's got all the talent in the world. So, and as you already said, when he got off the roids and he, he managed to come back out and being completely sober, he managed to play 16 games for the Colts. You know, basically, he should have been an old man by then. So he had all the talent in the world. I think what he decided to do, and it's fascinating when you sort of read into it that, you know, he he... He missed all these public appearances because he was drunk or hungover. But he was he was creating this alter ego. This guy who was all brash. Now, the, the road rage or the roid rage definitely didn't help. But he was trying to create this character to make himself. And he said it himself, I was trying to market myself to get more money. Mm. Green Bay gave him $4.5 In the end of the day. They made him a millionaire out of this sort of bravado, this show he put on. It reminds me of something very similar. You know, you look at you see it in WWE wrestling. It's this character they create. Um, to market themselves mm. um, and th- th- what was fascinating about him is though is that Green Bay this, people have said oh he's a fraud and he, he he lied to Green Bay and Green Bay were duped by him and they weren't they knew exactly what they were buying with this guy they put him on a special teams he played very little for Green Bay because I think what they did is right. they're going okay you're here you've made your play we've fallen for it we've bought you now go out to special teams you're not going to play very much and we're going to teach you some humility yeah. it's just humility never came because I think He had to stop the steroids because he was going to get caught. It was, you know, a worst kept secret in the NFL that these guys were on steroids. Everyone knew it. But the testing was going to catch him. Uh, And obviously he gave up then. But as you say, he gives up, he loses his edge. And then he ends up basically just crashing out.
1: Well, it becomes a drug addict, you know. And I mean, if you get any drug addict who tries to perform at any sort of level, never mind the NFL, I mean, the the, the odds of making the NFL are very, very slim. But this one, like, if you listen to the commentary on the draft, they go, oh, well, Green Bay about to make it official. And then they go, Tony Mandarich, and they go, oh, well, that one's just obvious. So, like, it was, I yeah. love this 2020 stuff where people look back and they kind of go, oh, well, they should, like, oh, Greenberg, <laughs> look at him, state of my account. But, no, it was, he was absolutely nailed on to just be a freakish athlete. Yeah. You read out his metrics earlier. He was as good as he was on tape. And, like, the massive misconception with steroids is, um, and again, there's, there's some great documentaries that I've seen over the years about it. People have this opinion that with steroids, you take them and then all of a sudden you get up in the morning and you look like you've just walked off the cover of men's health. Steroids, you have to put in the work to get the rewards. It's like when, it, you know, when a cricketer muddies a ball people are like, oh, I can't believe you put muck on the ball. That's because they're throwing it at a ridiculous speed and just one slight imperfection causes that. I could like throw that ball in muck and throw it and not have any impact. It's the small increments. So when he was on steroids and building himself up, You know, he still had the strength. He still had the technique and the power and the speed. But obviously that was sort of hyped up uh, with the steroid use. But as he said, when he came down off them, this guy was basically a drug addict. And when he fell off with Green Bay and Ron Wolf uh, turned around and said to him, you know, we're not going to retain your services. uh, And then he dropped out. He goes back, I believe, to Michigan. And Mm -hmm. he just, he spends a a couple of years literally in a a drug and drink fueled stupor um, where he said he would stay in and get high he was married uh, he had a daughter and he said that he didn't really go out to parties he wanted to stay in because people would ruin his buzz you know he just wanted to sort of sit there to the point where he wanted to wallow yeah wallow in himself he, he didn't really like people Um, so just a fascinating story but like what I find fascinating about him is is that you know he was super talented he was super strong artificially obviously Um, you know He also says as well that when he wrote that book that the publishers tried to get him to name names and they said, Mm. we'll give you a book deal if you name who else you were doing the steroids with. And he said, I'm not going to try and make money off someone else's misery. So I'm not going to do that. And he he says that um, and this is a word uh, and again, not suitable for young ears, but this is a phrase that NFL players use. That's some chicken shit. So, like, Mm -hmm. they use that phrase when they dog a player for outing another player for something or, you know, whatever, you know, being a coward or whatever. And that's what they call So that's what he even said is that he's not going to do that. And he looks at all these baseball players who've done that over the years just to sell a book. And he says, I'm not going to do it. Um, But look, very calculated. He says he sat down and he had a list of goals and he wanted to be First off, he wanted to get onto a team. Then he wanted to be part of a travelling team. And then he wanted to become a starter. And then he wanted to be the best uh, in the Big Ten. And they said, yeah, well, that's not going to happen. And then he said he wanted to be the number one draft pick. And he came in at number two behind Troy Aikman, of all yeah. people. The guy was the yeah. real deal and he had a real plan. But as he said, his real plan, where does it end up getting him? In rehab, which is incredible, as to say he hit the absolute heights to burn all of his bridges and fall down to end up as a, a drug addict in rehab. Now, yeah. he's since came back and, and played with the Colts and he has a successful media business now and does, of course, motivational speaking about it. And he seems like a pretty stoic guy now, doesn't he? He's not the same sort he of does. brash he, you bloke.
0: Know, he, he'd actually be, I'd love to get him on as a, a guest on the show here because he, yeah. he actually is, he's worthwhile listening to it. And it's like anything, you know, if you look at, and again, you look at his plan, he was very driven. The, the funny thing is, and this is when you're, you're a kid as well, and you're in your early twenties, you make these mistakes. He had these plans. He had a plan to get onto a team, but what he didn't what he didn't know in the end was what he was going to do after that in other yeah. words, the wheels kind of came off the wagon when he realized, well I've gotten there now but actually I can't go any further with this setup because I'm going to get caught and, and, and you know it's all going to come up. and so it did he did fall apart um, you know in, in, in a way had he just stayed off steroids would he have been a good player yeah would he have, would he have, would he have reached the heights he, he wanted he probably he would have a decent career he could have even made the hall of fame on his own and it's very yeah. similar to what they say about Lance Armstrong they were going well Lance was such a freak um he didn't need to take all the drugs he probably would have won grand tours without them but it's yeah. one of these things it's obviously a personality trait um and it just it, it attracts people like that
1: yeah well i mean lance armstrong is is sort of the story's comparable too because you know everyone by his admission anyway was doing some sort of performance enhancement so if you don't keep up with the game, well then you're gonna drop off. It doesn't matter how much natural talent you have. Apparently the college game was rampant with steroid juice. Um and that's what the guys would do, they'd come off and they go to the pro game. So he's kind of leveling the playing field. Yeah, you know
0: it's I mean and that's true. I mean, if you're even looking at our childhoods where you know with rugby, rugby schools, mm. creatine and muscle building was yes. rife yeah. at at school level. And that's school's rugby.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's always some sort of level. I mean, look at the, again, not to get too granular for people that aren't from Ireland, but if you look at the Dublin Ga team, you know, their training schedules, their nutrition schedules, um, it's, it's next level. So you're mm-hmm. competing with people on that level. But when it comes to the NFL, very few players actually make it. So it's incredible that you have this guy who was deemed, rightly so, as the best prospect on the offensive line ever. He comes out, uh, you know, Gets dubbed a bust, and he says that that was fair. He says he let the Green Bay Packers down, he let the fans down, he let himself down, um, and he can only sort of apologize for that. But he feels like, you know, that he had that bit of humble pie. But that's why he says he doesn't regret it. There always because when he looks back, he says that it's kind of made him, and it sounds cheesy, but it made him the man that who he is now. And he doesn't regret the steroids because he said they worked. Um, and you know, he's he's a millionaire, and he's down doing a photography media business, um, and living his life. But again, very stoic guy, um takes everything with kind of a pinch of salt owns up to his mistakes um, and you know it, he is an interesting listen uh, you know he's still very old school I think if there's a there's an interview that he did with Theo Vaughn the comedian mm. and Theo Vaughn's pretty off the wall and pretty on PC himself um, so yeah he definitely sort of tows the, a very delicate line when he speaks Um, but again his is far more complex but something that's really stuck out for me and was really heinous into the into the addict uh, mindset was when his brother gets skin cancer. um, And his brother, you know, went, that's, he got his inspiration from his brother. He said he got his steroids as well, like he started using that because of his brother. I think he was in his senior year in high school or something. He started to take a look at it. And he used to work out in the gym with his older brother. And he said that, you know, what his family did to him and all that would be akin to child abuse now, like smacking him around the place and all that kind of thing. Uh, but he says he was, you know, liking that bit of tough, tough love. But his brother ends up uh, getting drafted in the first round up in Canada, doesn't make the NFL. Unfortunately, he gets skin cancer and uh, Tony's turfed out of the Packers at the end of his contract and about a month later then his brother dies. But he said he was so deep onto drug addiction and painkillers that when his brother was on his hospital bed uh, on morphine because he was dying of late stage cancer is that the only thing Tony could think was is, oh, how lucky is he? He gets unlimited morphine. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's uh, to admit that is just and put that on record is unbelievable. But I guess there are like you were saying in pre-prod, in his book, he did go on the addiction programme. He pulled himself up by the uh, neck and sort of out of the gutter and sort of says, I'm going to get out of this. He said he was absolutely sick of dealing with himself and his BS and he decides to pull out of it. Now, there's a, I see some stuff out there that says it was his family that dragged him out of it, but by his admission, he just literally got tired of himself and just said I'm going yeah. to pull myself up but his book reads very as a kind of a 12 step program kind of thing doesn't yeah. it Pious. yeah it really does
0: and it's one of those things of, and in fact if anyone's interested I think the best way to get to find out about Tony and to do it kind of backwards is read about what what, what his career is like read about what he did then actually go online and look at some interviews of him talking now because I think if, if you read too much if you find out too much about him at the time you don't get such a shock what you do is listen to interviews with him now and you realize oh my god he's he sounds like a really cool guy he's very interesting then go back and and really focus in maybe read his book it's called my dirty little secret steroids alcohol and god it's from about 2009 and then there's a good espn show and was one of the e60 series um on him as well it's worth a watch but it's one of those things of almost look at him now and then go backwards because if you if you read too much about what he's like i mean you know he comes across him missing public appearance because he was drunken over he was basically a rock star without the instrument is what he comes across as yeah. but it's such a caricature that it's really hard to believe it when you look at him now talking it's hard to believe um you know it, like if anyone's seen that recent show on lance armstrong and espn lance hasn't changed he says he has but you can still he's the same guy he's the same guy as he was back then and he hasn't learned anything yeah in, in my book he would go and do all he'd do everything he did he'd do it all again. I don't think Tony would. As he said, I'd still do the steroids. They worked for me. But as you said, that wasn't a lack of effort in the same way as no. Lance Armstrong. It, was, it wasn't a lack of effort with these guys. They just wanted that 1%. They wanted the 2%. That's what they wanted. They wanted the edge, the thing that was going to make them better than everyone else.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look, what he said was he cycled on and off the steroids and they'd make him 20% stronger every time to the point that he was absolutely bulletproof. Um, so had he gone off them, yes, he would have lost mass. Um but like if they were all on them well then you know whatever but it was the painkillers it's the painkillers and and drink the drink uh that got him the demon Uh, the demon drink the demon drink it
0: was a there was a baby balloon right it was a baby balloon it was scared at night time right and it wanted to go into its mom and dad balloon and to try and squeeze in between them and the dad balloon got really angry and said son you can't keep coming into our room stay in your own room yeah so the next night the little balloon got really scared again And he snuck into the man dad's room. But he couldn't fit in between his man dad, to snuggle up. So he just let a little bit of air out of his dad. Let a little bit of air out of his mom. Let a little bit of air out of himself. And he managed to squeeze in. Hmm. And the next morning, the dad wakes up and he goes, son, what did I tell you? I'm really disappointed with you. And the little balloon goes, oh, I'm so sorry, daddy. I'm so sorry. And he goes, no, son. Not alone have you let yourself down. But you let (laughs) mammy down. And you've let daddy down.
1: (laughs) Amazing. There's there's one like that as well about a... um well, I think it's a what is it? An onion or a tomato, and it gets in an accident. But anyway, um, so uh, <laughs> a good, if look up Christopher Hitchens stand up, and uh, he goes through the whole thing. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, he's a very interesting guy. Like you said, if you go back and look at him when he was a young lad, and and type in Tony Manderich Letterman uh, in YouTube, and you'll see him, and he's just an arrogant. Like the yeah. thing, the interesting thing about the Mike Tyson story actually is Mike Tyson approached him. Um, and they asked him how much the Letterman said well you know because he said oh they're going to pay me a lot of money he said are you actually going to fight him he said yeah of course I'd fight him yeah because that's how that's how confident he was and then he said well how much would you stand to make he goes 10 million and 10 million like this on offensive yeah, lineman we haven't seen such promotion of an old lineman since Jerry Kramer and his book no, you know back in right. the late 60s Jerry amazing I love what,
0: what, what I will say about Tony is uh, if this happened today, yeah. no one would bat an eyelid. No, because this kind of self-promotion, this kind of turning yourself into a an alter ego. If you look at and, and the prime example is Colin or is Conor McGregor, uh, it's this kind of thing of completely bombast, absolute showman, n- very little to back it up. You know, let's face it. You talk the talk, but you don't walk the walk. You get battered left, right and centre, but it doesn't matter. You've made millions. And that's exactly what he did. He was a showman. Um, it just, the wheels came off when it came down to actually doing the thing he said he could do. The annoying thing is, he could do that thing.
1: Yeah. But he just didn't. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, it proves that when he came back with the calls, was he a standout and sort of a Hall of Famer when he came back for the calls? No. But, I mean, no. the guy had been through rehab I'd and came back, and back. back. And being been yeah. destroyed, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, to say that you had the talent to play in the NFL uh, after all that time goes to show that he must have had something. And again, a humble sort of, you know, guy that came back and said, I'll just do as I'm told. Um, but again, it's sort of along the Packers' vein... He was really found out when they went up against the Philadelphia Eagles and yeah. Reggie White was the one throwing yeah. him around. And they're like, oh, Mandarich needs some help here. He just can't handle this guy. And you're like, oh, and it, yeah. it's amazing that he's the one It's Reggie. Him. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, who can? And I love the way yeah. they use that as like, that sort of showed how bad he was. And you're like, oh, uh, Reggie, it's really? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's everybody. Like, double team the guy. Uh, yeah, just a fascinating story. Um. But like you say, watch his recent stuff. Um does that interview with Theo Vaughan's quite good. He released, as you said, the thirty for thirty. Um those ones are quite good. Just a momentary pause there in the podcast. Now what people don't know and what I edited it was I was just opening the podcast studio door because my dog was scratching and I was scared he was gonna take a dog. That's that's a dog? Yeah. It's it
0: looked like a baby squirrel.
1: Or a fox. It's a very small yeah. it's a rescue dog and it does nothing but sleep. So Amazing. um I think we're you know the next step before you know yeah the great, the great the great great big field in the sky <laughs>
0: dog kennel in the
1: sky. yeah i still haven't told him he's adopted by the way but um we're gonna save that maybe till he's a bit older
0: oh yeah so i think the thing to do is definitely look at the two side to side if you look at one of those um videos of him when he's in his pomp the letterman interview is the best one i think mm. and then look at any of the ones that he's given recently yeah and it's just like chalk and cheese chalk and cheese
1: yeah you can still see a bit of the you know he's a big guy i mean he's six foot five yeah. now he's only because that's the thing the steroids didn't make him if they did god damn it get me those now just nom 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 um, eat them all for breakfast do you think he's about our, yeah. he's
0: about our height now then six foot five
1: six foot five yeah
0: yeah well that's that's the two of us you know, standing on each
1: other's shoulders. Yeah, pretty much with her kids. Yeah, um, yeah. So <laughs> a little O'Brien Lili- totem pole, Lili-pution. if you will. Uh, yeah, like you said before, we are also tall. We just don't bring it outside in public and uh, mm-hmm. go flaunting around. I mean, you know, we're not that insecure. Yeah, I don't
0: know how to flaunt it. I'm six foot five
1: on the inside. Hmm. Yeah, there's a joke there waiting to be had. There's some, there really is innuendo there to be had. But um, look, the patron well. uh gave away another three prizes: uh, signed picks, signed I won new helmets. None of them. Well, if you're not in, you can't win.
0: But what if I sign up under a pseudonym? It,
1: don't re There's nothing stopping yeah. you, though, from signing up because, you know, I'm there for it. Wouldn't it wouldn't be fair, though. <laughs> I know yeah. that I'm there for it. You're a paying member. It's fine. <laughs> um, So <laughs> no one can crib them on. And I, and you know what? The draws are done live. Um, you know, so. I mean, no well, the good news absolutely. is
0: I'll be back on Hibernian soil in a matter of weeks. Yeah. So I think we can definitely do a few of these. Together,
1: a few video ones too, because we'll be yeah, in the same exactly. place. Because I hate those ones, yeah. you know, where people are doing them and they're just look—you're looking up their nostrils and like, are sure we You know, just like, "Come, come, yeah." On.
0: Just no, safe. no, we can be in the same room. It'll be amazing. It'll be yeah. awesome.
1: And th- that's the first time people will actually believe we're two separate people. <laughs> I
0: still don't think people are going to believe we're two separate people. <laughs> no,
1: it's going to be like that. Gordon Ivanisevic, you know, where they like cloned them for the Wimbledon oh, interview. Do
0: you remember Gordon Ivanisevic? Yeah. He was amazing, incredible. God, that Wimbledon! That Wimbledon is still one
1: of my favorite Wimbledons of mm. all time. Yeah. I can't say I'm a big fan of Wimbledon, but um, that was definitely one of my faves. When we are earlier. Th- what? Oh! You know, that sort of stuff. Like, that's, you know. What? what? No, hold you're on. You're not a fan
0: of Wimbledon. What's no, wrong with if you? If you're in
1: the sitting room and your mum's I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know you weren't a fan of Wimbledon. And your mum's making the dinner. Go on, Tim! Do you remember that? I missed that.
0: Yeah. My problem is that when I go, and eventually it's one of my, it's one of my goals in life to end up in centre court for any matter I don't care I want to be in centre mm. court and all I'm going to do is shout come on team
1: <laughs> but you can only do that if someone does, does it, and some, No, but
0: someone does it every year someone always shouts out do they come on team yeah every year Amazingly. and it always gets a chuckle so I want to be there to be that smart arse oh, you, that gets you want chuckle. to get that chuckle because you remember the, the mound outside when you're you're with the plebs you know the great unwashed mm. and you're not allowed into centre court Henman you know, Hill like most of us yeah so it used to be Henman Hill and then it was Murray Mound Jesus I mean come on what's going to be next I
1: don't know there's come definitely- on come on mate come on mate come- um, so that's it for the podcast. Patreon dot com forward slash UK Packers, YouTube dot com forward slash UK Packers, facebook.com you guessed it UK Packers, twitter.com forward slash UK Packers, and you can find me on Instagram at the Paddy Packer. <laughs>
0: oh just, God, it's like it's so racist! It's just so racist.
1: Gonna report myself. And of course, Daryl J O'Brien. Uh, it's an added plus if you speak Russian. It, it's like one of those ads. You know what I mean? No, just actually, you, you know what? No, no. <laughs> it's on.
0: actually it's almost a requirement now. Yeah. It's almost... I mean, my followers are talking to each other through me now. <laughs> I'm just basically a chat room.
1: Yeah. Just a shell. Russian bots. Yeah. yeah. I think you're going to get caught up in that somehow, I think. I think they're going to come after you a little bit and sort of go, you facilitated, you know, like funding terrorism, although you're kind of... Yeah,
0: no, it's just going to be Novichok. We've been through this. Mm. They're coming. They're through this. They're
1: coming. Yeah. So anyway, that's the NFL. just what Mama and Amy on Twitter as well. And until next week, when we have some stellar draft coverage, it's goodbye for this week.